Hello and welcome to the, yeah you're about to, you're about to do my intro huh you're about to do my intro <laughs> hello and welcome to Dad and Sons I thought today we have I have, do we have stuff to talk about yeah we do but I thought it was my turn you to had it last you week. stole it last week yeah did I steal it yes. last you week did. You remember you that whole six months where you kept kept saying that it was your week and it was my week? Not this well, time, George. Last Not last time, time we we did we had the schedule. Yeah, no. Okay, <laughs> I'll just I'll just shrink down in my little shitty corner. Do you remember when we did foreign languages? Good times. Oh my! According God. to the people who speak those languages, those were bad times. <laughs> hey, I'm white and English. What do I care? <laughs> <laughs> you have the whole oh, world taken taken over, shouldn't you have? Good old fashioned colonialism. Yeah, I guess that's the strategy. Just make them speak English. Yeah. Actually, come to think of it, isn't that exactly what happened? Ugh, that's actually scary. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's what. Uh, having watched The Crown recently on Netflix, it's terrifyingly uh, apparent. Yes. The Crown. Uh, My gosh, I can't. I can't get into those. Types of shows, man. They're so the crown is alright. I don't like anything like Down to Abbey or anything, but the crown actually is pretty good. It's very yeah. good acting in it. So but I've only watched like four episodes, so I can get into handmade, so I get a little bit. <sighs> that, that's hmm. that that one scared me. I, I watched the, the first episode with my dad one time and uh my, my girlfriend at the time of uh the I believe it was an HBO series, The Handmaid's Tale. No, uh, Hulu. Oh, it was Hulu. Whatever service it was on was was interrupted by uh my my girlfriend showing up right when there was a rape scene happening. So I oh, thankfully yeah. did not have to sit through that with my dad. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. had during the best part I could have had that interrupted. I got to walk away. <laughs> I'm never a fan of those types of things, and that's why it's so easy to stop watching shows like that. <laughs> So it's like, oh, okay. it seemed like like it was done for the artistic intent. It was scary as hell. Yeah, like like it was terrifying. You saw the United States get taken over by a extremely religious conservative fascist party. I mean, mm-hmm. what? I I I couldn't believe the the <laughs> incomprehensible this, horror. This is what these fools want, huh? So uh, this was a few mentions ago but but speaking of how like pervasive and prevalent english is everywhere i was um exploring israel and palestine with the google street view oh here we go i i just thought it was notable that on both sides of the fence the businesses will have english as a a little english translation of of what what they're selling underneath um either the arabic or the uh, the hebrew it's everywhere it's everywhere. I swear, you could drop your Google Street View guy in, like, a jungle in the middle of nowhere, and there would be a <laughs> sign for a local fruit shop, and it would say underneath, in whatever language, it would just say underneath, like, Bob's Fruit Stand. Well, if you do that in Japan, you just get a kombini. No matter where you drop that pin. I reckon you could definitely do that. You could drop a pin anywhere in Japan, and within five clicks, you'd find a kombini. I wonder where in the world you could drop a Google Street View pen and not see the street signs and business signs have English underneath them. Where are we free from 
influences of the empire. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's some places for sure. Japan would be one. Yeah. Oh, I remember a lot. Japan of, has its own empire. <laughs> I would not be able to navigate if there wasn't significant amounts of English going on in Japan. Japan's English is because of business uh, and also American democracy, I, I imagine. Oh, that reminds me. Nintendo Land is finally opening up. Is it, is it time to, to go to Japan now? It's time to start looking at tickets. It, it, it's in like PR soft open mode, I think. And, and, and some, some eagle-eyed fans have noticed that a cactus they were using was, was modeled off of something from an unauthorized fan game instead of an actual real Mario game. That seems like a weird oversight. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe that I forgot about that when arranging this week's news section. But as busy and chaotic as this week actually has been for news... Uh, we can at least knock that one out nice and early. Uh, Nintendo Land, the cactuses don't look like they're from a Nintendo game. They look like they're from a fan game. Link in the description. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing demos. Have you guys been playing demos? Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, the Loop Hero demo I've been playing was part of all these demos that... Uh, Loop Hero? That that have been releasing over the past. Yes, week. it was. It was also a, one of the demos I played as well, George. What a coinky dink! We both played Loop Hero. Loop Hero is clever as hell. Loop Hero is fucking promising as hell. That was easily the best demo of the uh, Steam Festival demos I played. There was a lot of good ones, but that one, woo, baby! A level editor with an RPG adventure mode bent it, to it it's really pretty tight and it's yeah it's core loop was addictive <laughs> that's but um it's it's like the most playful i think i've seen a developer get with the level editor concept since like SimCity itself all right how do we describe loop hero because it's a weird it's a weird game it's uh mm, it reminds me of old zectronics games like Opus mm -hmm. Magnum and stuff like that. It reminds me of them, but more uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. It is not. It, it it's quite intelligent, but not as intelligent as I think it looks. If you mm. look at it, you'd think, oh, "Holy shit! Is this like an old PC Ultima thing or something?" It looks kind of complicated, but it's really quite simple. And then. The more you play, the more you learn its little intricacies and how the little cogs of it all come together in unique ways. But that doesn't really describe it. <laughs> yeah, what's the elevator pitch? Elevator pitch is you, you are a hero on a loop. The loop is like a random path, looks like maybe a Scalatrix track or something. And this tiny little hero walks around in this loop in a... Uh, pitch black. Like basically the void. abyss. The Nothing void. Very, very Russian. The whole universe has been destroyed. Yeah. Despite Russian developers, yeah. Existentialist dread. It's about being trapped in the eternal winter. Yeah. And um, then you... It automatically moves, and you can pause it at any time. And then you end up in battles of enemies that spawn on the map. And then they automate that those automatically resolve themselves based on what your stats are. And for every time you kill an enemy or for every time a day passes, you get cards. 
And each con has like tiles that you can place down on this loop or around it. And each one has like a positive and a negative. For example, you can put down uh, a grove card, like a marsh. And while it might give you HP and it'll give you resources, uh, it will also spawn enemies like wolves. And then you need to fight the wolves, but you gain the positives of it. And the idea is that you're building up this little board. You're rebuilding the world to gain resources to then keep building up the, the roguelike element of it, which is the metagame of building a camp and trying to reforge the world or re-remember the world. And um, yeah, your little hero keeps going around on this loop every day passes and you can you heal at a camp and uh, you get better gear and you can quickly equip it and it all happens pretty quickly within like 10 or 15 minutes is essentially like a, a game and then all the while this meter is building up towards this skull and when after maybe six or seven loops i think in the demo the skull meter fills up and then basically sans from undertale comes to kill you <laughs> Dude, that is Sans. It's a blue skeleton. It's a skeleton with a blue coat that has like white fluff around it. It is Sans. It's 100% Sans. I would bet my life on it that they were like, we'll just make Sans. Somebody will tweet this and it'll go viral. And then behind the monitor, they're just yucking it up going. Yeah, of course. So, So your primary core interaction is not the combat itself. It's, no, it's placing tiles on it a map. It is placing tiles. It's about strategically placing tiles because then- The tiles once, have effects. As you can imagine, then other tiles affect other tiles. For example, you'll put down like a rock next to a mountain. And the more you do that, turns the mountain into like uh, a mountaintop. And then that spawns harpies. And then harpies come down to kill you. And all kinds of nonsense happens. And since they have the positive and negative bonuses, you got to get strategic about placing them next to each other and combining their effects. Yes. So like the meadow that spawns a, a rat wolf can be placed next to like a, a marsh that will slow the movement down or next to a lantern that will speed up your, your combat. Your movement, so yeah. you'll like strategically place the lanterns next to easy enemies or the the marsh next to hard enemies and as the level goes on i don't know about you but i was like really struck by a feeling of magic when i noticed that that i was building a mountain range yeah, like yeah, the yeah. the placement of the mountains kinds of kind of makes a geologic sense and and it folds into the story of like your character remembering what the place what looks, the like looks like as yeah. you go on yeah it's clever as hell it is really clever and it's really interconnected and everything is there to service the other things and it's great because you even though you're laying down the cards and choosing to put spiders and wolves and skeletons in front of your hero you cannot you can choose to not put those cards down if you want but the punishment is that you don't get any resources and the whole idea is that you get the resources from whatever the card is so if it's a cemetery you know rock and stuff and but skeleton spawn so the idea that you were trying to balance the positive with the negative and trying to understand what it is that will gain you a successful loop you know and also trying not to get killed but even if you do get killed the punishment is that you lose 30 no you save 30 percent of all your resources so the idea is you try and keep pushing keep pushing and then retreat when you get to camp uh when you can because they if you embark on another loop you have to keep going around until you get back to the camp it, it makes the map blank and black and nothingness again. And you have to fill the map up to get to the boss. Like you have yeah. to curse yourself and overcome 
in order to progress. And unless, uh, yeah, and the loop, every time you die and go back to camp or if you retreat and stuff, the loop starts again. Like when you jump back into explore and all of the tiles you put down and the, and the loop, like how would you describe it? Like the loop's geometry? Because it's not a circle. It's kind of just a, a repeating weird it's, it's 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 uh what's a synonym for loop it's a band it's a band it's an oddly it's, shaped it's band and um yeah it uh it, it it will have a random shape again and a random size and it's uh it's pretty pretty damn good i was very impressed by it if i had a criticism is that the pixel text they use is really hard to read and really stupid fuck yeah, yeah i was just about to say, like a streamer that i was watching play it earlier called it ugly at their first sight and I was not getting that for some reason. I, I, I think the game looks gorgeous. Like it has a real texture to it. I feel like I could rub my finger across the screen and feel what these what these pixels are trying to represent. Yes, it is hard to read and not very easy because the game doesn't do very well to onboard you with what's going on. I mean, even at some point. Like towards the end of the tutorial, in what I imagine is great Russian sense of humor, it says, "Ah, now that annoying tutorial is over. You can." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, you know what? If your tutorial wasn't annoying and you just made a better tutorial, it would be fine. But the text is also hard to read. But once you start getting into the game and you start playing, man, it is good fun. I'm really looking forward to when it comes out. So uh, to play. Yeah, we already have some like solid fans of that in the Discord. Uh, Helmut Schmidt brought it to me. Yes, it, it's it's. Uh, it, I played it on stream with everybody watching, and it was uh, not as high pressure. You know, it's kind of hard to keep track of what's going on, but you know, it's kind of almost zen-like, very relaxing. Because you can pause it. You know, you get your cards, pause it, lay yeah. all the tiles down, let the guy go. Then you know, see what armor you get. Keep changing the armor quickly. I like that also. When you play roguelikes, you tend to stick with, you know, what you go for in a build, right? But the game is, keeps asking you because you keep getting shields and armors of different levels and also that have different effects. Like, it keeps asking you what you want to do, whether it's like you want to put stuff into evasion or you want to put stuff into countering or you want to put stuff into uh, magic damage or vampirism. I always picked vampirism. See, I, always, I started picking counter and damage all. Because it meant that whenever an enemy attacks me, I just attack all of the enemies back. Well, I would save the damage alls. But I never saw the vampirism do enough to uh, really push me into getting that. I would put it on for the easy enemies and take it off for the hard ones. That's a good idea. Like, there is there is a degree of planning to it. And I'm curious how the full game plays compared to the demo. Especially when you look at that big screen of how much stuff is locked up. I was... Yeah! All of those cards, I, I don't quite understand the deck building aspect of it yet. Like you can only have six cards per row or something. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, they're, they're categorized with the minimum and maximum amount of each. So you have to, yeah, but it's, why, it's a though? game about picking your poison. Cause yes. you know how you have to curse yourself to be able to complete the level. Like you have to increase the difficulty to, to be able to make it through the end. And that card building thing is an aspect to it. Like you have to pick some shitty cards and learn to deal with them i wonder if like you could get through the game by just doing like one loop get some resources go back in <laughs> one loop resources go back in i wonder how long until somebody tests that because i imagine you get to a point where you can um beat sans fairly easily maybe i because but, but you have to put the tiles down to fill the meter up right that is true but yeah i think i think you and i both enjoyed 
Loop Hero. Yes, I would recommend it if you can download the demo right now. Give it a shot. The 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 star of the Steam Festival here. Mm, I think so. There was a couple of other demos I played, but that was easily the strongest one. Uh, you think any of the others were were worth a mention here? Um, I mean, yes. Uh, you suck at parking was good fun. <laughs> you suck at parking. You suck at parking was good. It reminds me of old flat. Do you remember we were talking about Newgrounds and Flash games recently, right? It reminds me of just ba- it's basically just a game that is inspired by old Flash games. You can use the arrow keys to control the car. They had some pretty wacky physics, and it's basically a puzzle game, essentially. Um, parking, yeah, yeah, parking pretty much is a puzzle game. Yeah, so you suck at parking. It's fun, but I, I don't know how strong like the long tail of getting through all of this stuff is. From what I played, it was pretty fun, but you were still just doing the same stuff, which was using the arrow keys to just control the car, almost like uh, Micro Machines back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was all right, though. They, they just like keep moving. Yeah. Um, Steel Assault was the other one that would probably be worth mentioning because it's uh, published by Tribute, the people who published like um, Panzer Paladin and yeah. I think uh, Super Time Force. We just went from like one of the most memorable video game names, uh, Usagi Parking, to to Steel Assault. Oh, Steel Assault looks good. This looks like an SNK game. Yes. Okay. So yes. So it's going completely for that type of era. It's like Neo Geo. Super heavily inspired by that. Now, problem is, (laughs) and I think the action is really tight. It's quite challenging. It feels good to play, especially compared to playing Cyber Shadow recently. I think it felt really good to play. The problem is, is that all of that pixel art and all of that movement and all of the filters and the CRT fakeness on top makes it really hard to follow or look at what is going on on the screen? Like, if you watch the trailer, I don't know if you can gather it, but I had to literally turn off the bilinear filter. I had to turn the CRT filter off. I had to turn every filter and just make it pure pixel art to be even able to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can totally see that. Because it's very blurry. It's almost got like Vaseline over the top of it with <laughs> all the filters on. Then it starts off with like this boat chase and it really throws you in the action. You kind of don't know what's happening. And I get it. You're trying to be an exciting in the demo. But the problem is all of the background stuff is flying. All this pixel art is like flying past you at speed and you can barely follow what's going on. And then enemies are dropping down and it does like the most heinous thing in the world, which is none of the enemies have outlines that distinguish them from the backgrounds, right? They just have pure black outlines like most of the backgrounds. So I couldn't tell really what was bullets and what was enemies that were dropping down on me unless they were very clearly like flying above me. And There's that was kind of frustrating, too. but it only tended to happen in the first section because everything was just moving so fast. But the action was tight. I'm a bit hesitant about the pixel art at the moment. It looks great, but in motion, it doesn't do enough to distinguish the enemies from the backgrounds. Platforms. Oh, my God. I couldn't tell what was a platform and what wasn't fairly often. So it was like trial and error. And this game is unforgiving. Like, you will die very quickly. There, There's this weird, interesting, like thing they have which is normal mode which is like a normal game where you die and go back to the checkpoint or something like that and then they have arcade mode which is not only a like one life death start again kind of mode but also has more enemies and is harder <laughs> just in general true to the Did form. they have a colorblind mode they they might distinguish maybe i but character. i just all they have to do is put like white outlines around like 
I know it's yeah. not full on Neo Geo, but you had nothing on the Neo Geo moving at that speed. Like yeah. you didn't. So it was a little it's a little great. Just it was just that first bit, that first section with the buildings and being on the boat. Um, it was way, way overboard and really hard to follow. Like I get what you're going for, looks great, plays nicely, but you know, maybe chill out a little bit. <laughs> maybe. Just a little. Just just a little. That would be great. I played Wind Gemmas too. That was alright. It was good fun. But yeah. Steam Steam Festival. I I'm liking it. Are people getting to explore lots of cool new games. I think it's cool. I need to yeah. jump into some new games. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about you boys? <laughs> Obviously we talked about Lupero. Matt, what have you been playing? You've been a little bit, right? You've been dabbling. Uh, or have you finished like a massive 30-hour RPG or something? I haven't. I've been working. Oh, I've no. I've been working, yeah. I I just finished up Skull, and I think that's about it. You did? Yeah. Oh, I'm so annoyed just because you guys know, before we started recording, I'm on a winning run on Skull. I'm in the last area as we speak. The Arch Lich, overpowerful, amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to pause it. And I hope my computer doesn't crash so I can finish the run. No, please not. Please, please, <laughs> please. Because it's like you get that perfect combo of, of items and gets you, you gets you so far. Oh, God, it starts and feeling then, so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no doubt that you will not get that same combo again if your computer crashes and you just have to figure out something else please don't say that please don't say that <laughs> yeah i know i know like i i beat the game with the um the lich as well the lich is so good it's so good i had three no i had five uh mini pets with me including the big uh, chunky one okay. yeah Nice. Yeah, and then I had the the item that gives you forty five uh, percent magic damage for each little pet you got with you. Whew. It was just a done deal. Yeah, it was a done deal after that. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just kept killing the screen. Every boss I came up to was just deleted. Like <laughs> just deleted, man. Oh man. It was great. It was great, man. Before they can even. It feels so good. Before they can even like kill me. Like, I didn't even get down to 30%. It's just too much damage. I absolutely slaughtered the sisters. Like, I yeah. think it took me, like, 30 seconds to beat the sisters. Yeah. But then, I, 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 don't, think, I don't think I'd beaten the third area boss, the li- massive Chimera or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. And this is the first time I've beaten it, and the Lich just, like, <laughs> throwing all the chains. He's a bit easier than the sisters. He is a bit easy, but definitely has like area of effect stuff that just like wipes out your health pretty quickly. Yeah. It's easier to dodge his stuff than the sisters. The sisters just have annoying. You just have patience. You need patience, and Skull doesn't really teach you any patience. No, so the sisters doesn't. is uh, a little different. So this is like you just want to wail on the sisters, and you can't because sometimes you'll just be uh, just a pixel over, and an attack animation will hit you, and you're like, "Why did that hit me?" Well, the worst is 
when you're like playing against the sisters, you need at least two dodges, right? You need to be able to like dodge forward through stuff and then back when it comes back at you. And the problem yeah. is with stuff like the Arch Lich and most of the legendary stuff, you only have one dodge, especially magic damage characters. So you usually dodge through one, but you always get hit by like when attacks from the sisters return on the second area. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But I'm, oh, you did it. And I'm like, of course, Matt did it before me. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Because you were asking me like the day before, oh man, how the fuck do I get through this? How do I get through this? What do I do? And then like the next day you're like, oh, I'll be it. <laughs> but yeah, like it's that combo, man. You just got to get that combo going. <laughs> just restart when that, that it's not it's not looking pretty and then yeah, nick that combo and then you're good to go, man. God damn. God, God damn. damn well done. Good job. Yeah. Living up to your reputation. Yeah. Well, I'm not touching that shit again. That was my, that was my thing. I did, I did go back and 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 got got far again. But I really like, do yeah. enjoy the loop. But now I'm like, you know, runs take like forty minutes every time at yes, least. It's, so it's a long time just to spend on a game that you just beat. You know, so I'm just like, nah. Oh, man, <laughs> I, think I I'm know good. I'm gonna die, and I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> I will say though, for people who have beaten it, I I was very disappointed by the end. But okay. Oh no. Yeah. So you tell me how you feel after that, after the end. Oh, man, I appreciate your faith in me. Uh, <laughs> you're going to beat it. You're at the last thing. I do love playing it. So I I will, even if I get disheartened by losing, I'll probably go back to it. It's very easy to just turn on a mash. Like I sit down at my computer to play a game for like an hour. And then I actually was bouncing back and forth between Loop Hero and this because they're very easy to just stall. I find that is a little difficult with other roguelikes but you know with skull it's just like jump in cut my skull get in there i like how how hard loop hero is to classify into genres i mean it's a roguelike isn't it that's what it is well in a roguelike you control a character in loop hero you're no you, in rogue you don't necessarily rogue do you? itself yeah i don't know i never played like the actual original rogue you use the keys to Control the character, right? Well, I guess, yeah, moving automatically is different. Yeah, it's really different. Like, I don't know of another game I've played quite like Loop Hero, like, to be honest. It's it's kind of like an inverse tower defense. I wonder, I wonder if Matt would like it. I wonder. I don't know. I, th- I think it looks, I think aesthetically, I think it looks beautiful. I think it looks really great. I, I downloaded it already. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I mean, right. yeah, yeah, the art style looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm it's down gorgeous, with that. I think. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Another loop game. I'm just kind of. <laughs> I think you find this one's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, you spend two hours, and you've gone gotten nowhere in a game. It's just not my cup of tea anymore, man. I'm getting too old <laughs> yeah. for that shit. Getting too old for this shit. <laughs> you know, I need pro- progression, man. Listen, I'm not sitting here wasting my time. <laughs> yeah, but Skull is one of those things where I, I just he had that gnawing feeling like I'm in it. I might as well just freaking beat it. And you did. So kudos. I'm never touching that shit again. Yeah. Um <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> you playing anything else outside of that? You've been working. Uh no, I have not played anything else. I Damn. I was looking at Hitman three. But man, it just looks like the same thing. And I'm just not, I don't know what it is, man. I just, I, I, I feel it tiring. 
just getting dropped into the world and being like, all right, well, you figure shit out, you know, and you're just going around and they'll give you some hints to where to go and you just kind of put shit on and you, you take your little camera out and scan some shit. Oh, you opened the window. Oh, good job. <laughs> I just, I just not, I don't know, man. It's just not my, I don't know how to make it clever for me to enjoy it. I guess I feel like if I'm going to spend that amount of money, I have to like, I have to know, <laughs> you know, I think I, it's definitely like a George game like that. Like George will make that fun. He'll make like, I would watch George yeah. play it, but me play it myself. I don't know. I will put the Austin Powers music on and yeah, and, and use only frying pans. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, no, it does require patience. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm okay with patience. It's it's like it just like I was seeing the first level and you're you're kind of just like going around, you climb outside, right? You get around and you just kind of go behind people and knock them out, bring them to the corner, put them inside. Like I I did all this in Hitman 1. Oh, that's not the way I play the game. Yeah, see see that's that's the thing. Like how, all right, so how do you play the game? I I tour the level. I try to discover all the hidden locations. I look mm. at the list of mission stories. I pick one that sounds funny or fun and uh, interact with the NPCs. Like this Hitman game does have a lot more dialogue-driven script events than previous ones. Mm. And, and it feels less... don't really know until I replay the levels a bunch of times. But it does feel a little less dynamic than I was maybe hoping for from the previous two games. Yeah. But um, what you do is you're not wrong. You, you do what you described. You explore the level until, until the mission story up. hint system gives yeah. you a good opportunity to throw a wrench into people's plans. But I'm never knocking anyone out that's not really needing it. I, I don't have to hide a lot of bodies. It doesn't feel methodical. Like, I definitely feel the trial and error and the, the, the patience issues, but I don't I don't feel like it's derivative. Mm. It's clever. It's funny. It's, it's classy. It's got this sense of vigilante justice to it in terms of who you're killing. That's very, very cathartic and satisfying. Yeah. The the story, as incomprehensible as it is, it does go to some fun places as <laughs> the game goes so on. It's so bad, though. <laughs> well, I'm interested <laughs> to see what it's like playing through the whole trilogy at once. Maybe that'll help make it a little more sense. I kind of want to go through it again on all the higher difficulty Jesus. modes on all the previous games and uh, do runs where I commit to my fuck ups and don't quick save. I'm wondering how that would look. That might be fun. Do the old Metal Gear Solid ex European Extreme. I yeah. I I miss those days. See now that that I can get into. I can get into some Metal Gear. I can get into. Does it feel like Metal Gear to you, George? Or is it just like, little, are they two different things? They're two different things, but I feel like it appeals to me because of Metal Gear appealing to me as well. Honestly, I feel like this Hitman trilogy may, as I grow older, be remembered as like some of my favorite gaming memories ever. Because there's just so many good levels between all three of those games. This this Dartmoor level in England in Hitman 3 had me cackling like a like a witch throughout the whole process i do think that level design is pretty fucking sweet what did you think about the first level the the dubai big tower 
Yeah, yeah. I thought it was fine by Hitman standards. Okay. It's just the next two levels in line are immediately better. Okay. Okay. I figured. I figured. Because I was looking at it. I was watching someone play and I was like... Another thing you noticed in the playthrough is is that kind of linear tunnel sort of entrance they drop you in where you skydiving mm-hmm. and then he hits hits on a ledge and you kind of walk through a tunnel, scan the door with your camera, like you said, and then you go mm-hmm. through. And when you replay the levels, you pick different starting spots that throw you right into the more right. sandboxy areas right from the beginning. But once you do finish that linear sequence in the story, the game really does open up. It is it is a sandbox in, in every level. There's... um. Maybe these these prescribed optional ways to do it that depend more on the NPC scripting than other ways. But that sandboxiness is still there, I, I assure you. It's just if if the previous two games weren't weren't tickling you quite as hard as they did me, I don't know if the third one will, because it is more of the same. Yeah, I really I remember uh, enjoying the fashion week one. Oh, one. yes, and the music, that one the hors d'oeuvres. Just... Yeah, that one was fun to play. The personalities. Remember when you walk in front of the news reporter? The news, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like getting a sniper, having the the fireworks display out in the open and everyone comes out to see it and you just snipe them both. Like it's just like lots of little stuff like that. That's like, like that's really dope. Like I'm assuming it's like that. Yeah. Yes. The levels are lovingly crafted. To the point yeah, where, like, absolutely. minor NPC characters have fully fleshed out personalities that are reflected in the level design. So so in the China level, there's a guy who you can knock out and disguise yourself as, who is um, a minor NPC, but they, like, made a point out of giving him a, a gluttonous personality. If you see him sitting at a restaurant, he spends a long-ass time ordering food from the menu. If you sneak into his apartment, which they bothered to make... And listen to his voicemails, which they bothered to put in there. You hear him like calling restaurants, asking them for menus to figure out where he wants to eat that night. And then if you look around his apartment, they actually bothered to like fill it up with food and, and snacks. And I love that they they went to that detail for this minor minor character who is otherwise would have been a complete afterthought. But everyone from minor characters to your targets have personalities like there's a real human side to to this game that you never forget about as you go through i, I it's a george game i'm loving it i'm shivering talking <laughs> about it i'm smiling if there's been any indication for people considering the last three weeks have considered of us talking about the same games hitman and skull this year's off to a pretty strong start to be fair yeah and Loop Hero is pretty fucking strong too. Yeah, Loop Hero is really strong. Like we've already got three Game of the Year candidates in here. Yeah. And February mm. just started. Well, Hitman is most definitely going to be yours, isn't it? Perhaps. Did I forget about Hitman Two by the end of its year? Because because that's the problem with early games is that you forget. No, wasn't a- it Hitman Two that was your Game of the Year? It should. Yes. Oh, I don't. Do you remember Whatever. we talked about it for weeks? You were obsessed. No <laughs> remember outer wilds dude those have been the uh, longest yeah. two years i definitely remember outer wilds that was at least one year ago but i'm telling you the two years it has been since hitman 2 that felt like that felt like five years that <laughs> was a long ass two years okay oh my has god it really been that long oh my god it has i i think hitman the reboot was 2016 they wait two years make hitman 2 then 
Make two years, make Hitman three. We've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> I used to do YouTube videos. <laughs> oh my god. That's right, I did do it like a little slight review on Hitman One. Oh, and and man. everyone loves to like talk about how oh 2020 is the the worst year. It's it's horrible. But even in as 2019 was coming to an end, I remember a hell of a lot of people being thankful and hoping that 2020 would be better because of all the shit that was going on back then. Like, like uh, I definitely remember the wildfires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Police violence. Uh, were the, were the Hong Kong protests beginning in 2019? Yeah, that was that was a 2019 thing, wasn't it? We're in a different age now. We're in the yeah. era of good games and vaccines God, i hope so fingers fucking crossed listen the village is coming out this year we got uh death loop coming out this year we got far cry th six coming out this year with the chicken guy Woo! from um Woo! from uh, the, the <laughs> bad uh, breaking bad more ubisoft open world Woo! I'm I'm five percent salty that that resident evil 8 demo is exclusive to the playstation 5 it's just a tech demo, isn't it? Right? People just walk around a mansion. I uh, walk around a space. I wouldn't know. I I don't want to watch any videos and spoil it in case it's it's gonna spoil anything from the main game. But I'm I'm curious to see if like the the lady does some weird things in motion in the demo that that probably I'm pretty sure she does. But yeah, for sure you like walk through the door or some shit like that, and she like caresses you. Caresses. Ooh. Okay, I was wondering if there was some moaning or some caressing or maybe a gross, <laughs> ugly transformation. Oh, you know how how it. characters in video games love to moan all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Laura yeah. Croft, right? Right, right. They are quite mm. moany. <laughs> Even the guys are quite moaning. Ooh. I remember when I was interviewing a, a voice actor and he described the cue that they actually give you in the studio. They say you're either getting a blow. Or giving a blow. <laughs> what? That's that's how you know what kind of moan or what kind of grunt you should you should be given is, is whether or not you're giving the blow or getting a blow. You've gotta be kidding me. No, a blow like a hit. Like a like a oh. strike. Like like uh versus <laughs> I did not think you meant that either. I Matt. did not think either. I thought you meant straight up blow. Blow yeah. Because he was like, mo he was saying moaning and stuff. Interesting. Well, <laughs> is that how you said <laughs> when I get hit? When you when you ah. receive a blow. Yeah, but what about when you give a blow? What was what does that sound like? <laughs> when you're giving a blow, I, right, I think right. you know the answer to that, George. The squared is going to clip that. Careful. <laughs> Laser suit, Larry is loose again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Was George giving a blow or taking a blow? <laughs> George had a physical reaction to that. <laughs> <laughs> Just put an Adam, put an Adam and Eve advert after it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, like, one of the very first videos I ever did was an interview with David Finoy, who's the voice actor for Lee in The Walking Dead, uh, the 2012 Telltale oh, really? version. What? And he is, oh, he is yeah. the one who said that. It's it's giving a blow or, or getting Didn't a blow. did you do a video interview with him? 
Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Wait, then my yeah. eyes popped at that one. I remember. Did Did you ask him what he meant by a blow? No, because the way, because he's not a fucking weirdo like us. <laughs> I would absolutely have asked him that. I'd be like, yo, what you mean by blow? Like, you can't just say blow. I knew what he meant by blow. Say hit. You can't, you can't just say hit. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, uh, that's a synonym for blow. <laughs> I was straight up telling him like, "Yo, you can't just be throwing around blow like that." Like, I'm getting a blow when we're talking about moans. It is just as viable to say like, like, like it, and and then Lee struck the zombie with a blow to the head. That's just as viable <laughs> as saying Lee struck the zombie with a hit to the head. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, move on from that. This has definitely been one of the more eventful weeks that doesn't have a trade show going on. Something big happened while I was writing the outline a few hours ago. The the outline itself was a like big long two day thing. Shall we jump into it then? Yeah, Let's... yeah, because because we are starting early because we don't have as much small talk this week, but we do have more news talk. It was concise, developed, well spoken. It was elegant. Small talk. It was elegant. For you guys, I don't know if you're excited or not, but a new Final Fantasy XIV expansion has everyone super duper hyped. Oh, here we go again. I watched it and I was like, that's what I want to play. And then I tweeted about skipping ahead to just whatever the new content is. And everyone was like, no, don't do that. You should play through the story. And I'm like, I just spent 300 hours playing through the first two expansions. and I'm fucking nowhere near. Nope. The goddamn fucking new content and nope. no matter how much you tell me to stick to the main story quests it's still fucking like 600 hours so that's really how it works are you are you you're not bullshitting me you're not exaggerating no you have to play through it you have to play through it that's what everybody says although because the story of final fantasy 14 is so great it's not but okay. I I don't get how this is like viable as a commercial product then. How can you expect your customers Me either. to every single one of your customers? Because this is like a big budget deal too. Like like look at look at the money they're pouring into it. Well they're uh, they're succeeding. They have over twenty million subscribers a month. So I mean they're doing pretty well. First two expansions are free to play and they have been trimmed down. I did get through a realm reborn after the first trimming. It still took me over 100 hours. So 20 million people, they're assuming that like a majority, more than 50%, more than 10 million people have played at least 100 hours minimum. Is that like the reasonable minimum to actually play this expansion pack? Is that not an exaggeration? That's no. for real? Hmm. Uh, no, that's to play the original Around Reborn, right? Yeah. It's easily 50 hours a fucking... A, a, an expansion easily and that's easily. if you just stick to the main story quests let me let me let me give you an example george i've played 242 hours i'm just at the beginning of stormblood i might have a few missions before stormblood there's st there's stormblood then shadowbringers and then this new expansion still you guys are the two people i know who who have or at least used to regularly play Final Fantasy fourteen, and you're, and and you guys are like, eh. and I love it, I do, but I just do not understand how people have time for this. This is wow all yeah, over again. Like this lot. is an investment, which is funny because that's what they thought they'd never be able to do. 
<laughs> it is easily the biggest MMO in the world. It right actually now. became and a WoW killer. <laughs> playing any other, I mean, no, nothing can kill WoW, but playing any other game is like going to stop you from progressing in Final Fantasy XIV. And unless you play it every day for like a year, I don't know if you're going to catch up. That's really intimidating. If you played it for an hour every day for an entire year, then maybe you'll catch up. I, I don't. But I want to, again, because Endwalker looks great, and everybody says Shadowbringers is great, and I do like the game a lot. I do really get into it when I play it, and, oh, God. I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna fucking do it again, and then I'll have nothing to talk about on the podcast again for weeks. <laughs> but I, And then I'll reach Stormblood, and I'll be like, guys, I quit again. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's what yeah, happens yeah. to me every time. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good game, though. And Orca looks great. They're on the moon. It's fucking dope. I, I, I'll never be able to do any of this unless I take Hunt Showdown out of my computer, crumple it up, pour water on it, set it on fire, and throw it in the trash can. No, throw it in the dumpster two blocks down the street. Start a new Steam account. Yeah, you know, my old Steam account with thousands of dollars worth of games on it does have a VAC ban on it, too. That's a that's a mark of gamer shame for for people who don't know oh. about the various false positive scandals that system has gone through over the over a decade at this point. VAC ban. Yeah, I installed some Half-Life mods that triggered it back years upon years ago, eight, nine years ago. And, uh... You need to start all over? A hell of... No, you don't have to start over. It disallows you from playing games of that type in multiplayer mode, so I can't play Gold Source Half-Life 1 engine games in multiplayer on my main Steam account because of a DLL <laughs> shader injection mod that added a Bloom HDR-style lighting to the game. Really shitty Bloom lighting that sure as hell would never have given me an advantage <laughs> in the multiplayer mode. But it, uh... Yeah. Instead of altering, I guess, soft-coded stuff, it altered hard-coded stuff enough to trip the system. And, and now, whenever a, a child looks at my Steam profile, they're going to think I actually tried to cheat in Half-Life 1. Because <laughs> if you're an adult, you would remember, like, the, the Modern Warfare 2 false positivity scandal back in 2012. You might remember the mod in particular I'm talking about. The that scandal. happened in, like, 2013, 14. Yeah, it was a little mini-scandal. These things get lost to memory, lost like tears in the rain. I feel like like we've we've lived through a lot of gamer scandals, and this just in, guys. We have news of a new gamer scandal erupting right now. Did somebody get epically pwned? Someone got cyber hacked. Oh my god! Someone got cyber hacked. They were epically pwned. They got cyber attacked by a cyber hack. Their cyberspace has been cyberjacked. <laughs> CDPR, which can be pronounced as Sidper, got cyber hacked. Oh no. Like like what? Three, four hours before we started? They've had an extremely bad month. Uh CDPR in the very, very bad month continues to roll on and on and on. They released a statement on Twitter saying that they have had some systems that have been compromised and then were re-encrypted. That the hacker changed their password back, I guess, is what this means. They have some backup devices that they are restoring some functionality with, but it still looks really, really bad. They posted a text file from the hacker that is, it is something. It begins with, your have been epically pwned. It's, uh, 
Wow. You know, I, if I was writing that in text, I would put Kill sick me. in parentheses. <laughs> I kind of just want George to read it because it kind of sounds like something George would write. <laughs> wow. Like, ironically, in a video. You've been epically pwned. Uh, wait, what would my hacker name be? Oh, weed, oh, it's, weed it's, man, it's in weed yellow. man. Of okay. course, this is weed man DNS sixty nine sixty nine. You have been epically pwned. We have dumped all of your documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, oh, and more. Shit. If we will not come to an agreement, your source codes will be sold or leaked online, and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Your public image will go down the shitter even more, and people will see how you shitty company functions investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will dive even lower exclamation point you have 48 hours to contact us man cyberpunk got hacked by the colonel from metal gear solid this see. is this is pretty cyberpunk right guys uh it's pretty fucking shitty is what it is but oh well adds to their misery even more they released a statement side by side next to the hackers demands saying that um the, the compromised systems did not contain any personal data of our players or users of our services. So I guess the players and the users of our services might be okay. But even before that, I, I don't have this on the document, but even before that, when they started releasing mod tools for the games, there was some controversy over security vulnerabilities being included with the release of the mod tools. So, so even though this is like the big CDPR news of the week... This is this is still stealing the spotlight from like some other smaller stuff that was going on on the way here regarding network security. I mean, this sucks because it seems like most of it is their accounting details. It will be information about staff members. It's not cool. Like, imagine if the dump comes out, right? And you are a CD Projekt Red employee and you can read all of your personal details and maybe reports about your work and your colleagues and all this kind of stuff, your financials. Fuck me, this is this is just so... Whoever did this, get fucked, honestly. Like, CDPR, of course, not in everybody's greatest mind frame right now. And right this now. only affects, like... Right now? I, I they mean, released that shit! <laughs> okay, I, I'm sorry, I, I, have to, I have to voice... I have to be that guy, right? <laughs> yeah, but the, the only people who get fucked here are the staff, right? right it's right. their no, details no, 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 no. and stuff yeah, like yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, even though I, I, I found it weird that I saw on Twitter people being like, lol, CD Pressure Red, get fucked. Like, you got owned. It's like, no. No. That sucks. No. Like, like no. imagine you, it, it, the, I'm pretty sure our kids are saying that shit. So, imagine your mom working at CD Project Red. She has no control over how shitty they're making their fucking game. You know, she's probably nope. doing some art or whatever. What, she, she deserves to get, get, you know, her stuff her salary yeah her, her salary cut like, she, she doesn't deserve that maybe the reports like her work reports uh, you know about her performance or whatever all this kind of crap that yeah like no man why why do they give the hacker a spotlight by putting his text file out there that is weird though that is super weird because i i don't like to like they're absolve the themselves or maybe just to like because people will start speculating that oh, it's an yeah. excuse yeah. as to why Something is something, and so I imagine they were just like, "Yeah, Pixel didn't happen exactly." I feel like it's weird. We're a victim uh, of a targeted cyber attack. Like it's just, I don't know. Like it just seems that 
Everything just seems weird to me and off. I mean, yes. Hopefully this is not a lie. Hopefully this is just being truthful and they're trying to spin a tragedy. Can you imagine if it was? Oh my God. Oh, they would never recover. Yeah, never they would never recover. Like, hopefully they're not trying to trying to just capitalize on a, on a tragedy, right? On a crisis. Can you imagine if they did and, it was, and they wrote epically boned thinking that's what somebody would write? <laughs> It's, it's good as it's as good as the writing in Cyberpunk. To be fair, we we haven't talked about it, but they they also like released an apology for the state of the game that threw the QR team under the bus. QA. That's what you knew what I meant because you said it right after. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but I just wanted to make sure anybody who was like QR did I miss that piece of news? Like for them to recover for what they did in Cyberpunk would have to be a lot. Like, if they lie about this, it would Yo, be... Yo, what if in a couple of years, we start seeing a remastered Witcher trilogy come out? Oh, please, please, no, please. When when they, 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 they need money badly and, and are writing off of uh, the, the downturn of some bad releases. And what if, uh, what if hypothetically speaking, when releasing this trilogy of beloved classic sixth generation RPG games, they they decide to take out everyone's favorite butts from it? <laughs> I mean, they'd keep they de- they'd certainly definitely keep Geralt's in, but I don't know about all the females. What, what kind of what kind of segue would that be, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's the segue into the next stupidest story of the week talking about studios people don't really like so yeah bioware is not doing too hot these days either bioware uh, is also reeling from from a reversal in in public opinion and fan love after uh andromeda and anthem both Anthem is going through a a review, apparently, at Electronic Arts. They're deciding whether or not they want to save it or shelve it forever. Yes. In the midst of that, Bioware needs money badly, so they've done probably the smartest thing they could do in this situation, and they are remastering the Mass Effect trilogy. They're redoing the combat, uh, redoing, they are improving the combat and the driving and the UI in Mass Effect 1, which is making a lot of people happy. Yes, please. Uh, releasing some new textures, yeah. lighting, and geometry. The screenshot comparisons they've released generally look pretty pretty cool there's there's some jokes to be made about the jj abrams lens flares but otherwise looks like a solid upgrade (laughs) but it's definitely not like a a remake um apparently they they lost some source code to some dlcs for the original games they aren't including the mass effect 3 multiplayer nor the pinnacle dlc for mass effect 1 which was remembered as being fairly skippable however the mass effect 3 multiplayer wasn't that got high notes and i do regret that i missed that boat it would be cool to be able to experience that again but i guess that's that was the wave-based multiplayer I, right? I, I, mm, did you guys play it I don't remember if I played it on release or there was a beta beforehand I played. I can't remember if I did enjoy it. I can't remember. People people really did. I mean, if you did not enjoy the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, you might have been in the minority on that one because... Oh, fair. I'm not, I'm not sure if I did or didn't. I remember one of the maps really well because it reminded me a lot of a Halo map. So possibly like of all of all the other issues that the third game had, the reviews definitely said that the multiplayer was like a, a shining part of, of that package. And I, I definitely oh, yeah. saw a lot of regrets that they weren't bringing that back for the remake. But they are also going to have Femship be your default 
they are re-rigging the skeleton of her to um, not have such masculine motions in, in her animations as well, which apparently was the situation beforehand. But uh, yeah, since Femship ended up becoming the Fem favorite, Fem favorite, fan favorite, thanks to <laughs> the fem favorite <laughs> Jennifer Hale's vocal performance that that ended up uh, is better. Yeah, yeah. People do yeah. think it's better, don't they? It's been three games. It's, it's been better, ten yeah. years since then. The history is now known. It's no longer subjective fact. Has yeah. ha, have the history books decided that Femship is the better version by now? I like both actually. I played through two with both characters, and I like both of them quite well. So. I feel like also, you know, Commander Shepard, the male, I think he did a really good job as well. Good characters. I mean, Mass Effect. I like Mass Effect, so. As part of, of the initiative to to include um, Fem Shep, they're changing some cutscenes where, like, male Shep might have his legs spread on a on a bench or something, and the camera angle might be a little yeah. low. If you're playing as Fem Shep, I mean, you're balls. basically flashing the camera, so they're changing the camera angles in some places. And in one of those places are the butt shots for Miranda, which, if you guys are, like, old adults, you might remember how those were a joke. Like, these these so screenshots of, of... They look so dumb. ...of Shepard thinking of his next thing to say while the camera is, like, zooming into Miranda's butthole. That was a joke. That was a meme. It was so discordant from the conversation she was having for that line in particular that did become the meme. It literally looks like there was a lack of direction going on. Like, the writer and the cutscene director were not on the same page of this one part of the game. And... Of all the little tiny things you can take the opportunity to improve in a remaster, somehow, for a lot of gamers, this is the one that's off limits. It's like, it's totally cool to change, improve gameplay, you know? But, but, butts are off limits. Gamers, man. Saving fake female character bums since 1990. Harassing women online who are real since... If, if you want to zoom your own camera into Miranda's butt, you still can. Her butt's still going to be there. The the stupid fantasy fucking fantasy make-believe toy for boys story that, that she's genetically engineered. I can't remember who said it, but somebody said, like, this is the weirdest thing to get horny about, like, to defend. Like, just watch porn instead, right? And it's mm. like... It's so odd that people would be upset about this. It's so... Because it's only for one thing. But no, she's been genetically engineered to have the perfect ass. It's some... Um, <laughs> Wait, didn't we talk about this? We, like we talked, talked about, about that during the $15 AMA hangout. We did. Which uh, yeah, we're, we're bringing back. We did. Oh. I was also... In my head, I was like, hang on a sec. Did didn't we, we talk about this? Didn't we do this? We did this earlier, so if you were part of that AMA Patreon, I do sincerely apologize. Yeah, you're 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 hearing some some ranting we were doing a few days ago in a more in a more private forum. You were on practice, not that practice evidently. Yeah, Miranda Miranda has this she breathes through her skin backstory where she's genetically engineered to have the perfect <laughs> ass, so that's why they they modeled her as being in a her and her sister breathes through her skin. That's why in the helicopter, quiet was just like constantly moving into very questionable positions it's oh if the butt God. is close enough to the camera where i start like 
where it starts triggering my smell reflex, then that's how I know the butt is too close to the camera. Whoa. <laughs> Are you trying to sniff fake I'm not butts? trying to. Whoa. That's the problem. They, they force it. <laughs> what kind? What butts have been in your face, George, that it smells? Butts usually do. <laughs> it shouldn't smell, George. It shouldn't smell. That's a no. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> so, so the screenshot in the meme of Miranda's butt in particular oh, is close here? enough to the camera to be comedically discordant with the player's narrative and sensory expectations of the scene. And the general line of defense is, is that, oh, that discordance actually adds to the charm of the Mass Effect 2 experience. No, it doesn't. I don't even remember that scene. Oh, I laughed so. my ass off. I remember the screenshots because it's just so inappropriately stupid to the context of the conversation. It's not even a sexy conversation. It was a sexy conversation. Like when you're trying to hook up. I get it. But it's not. Yeah. Zoom the camera in on those. Zoom the camera into her butt when you're trying to romance her. But the conversation in particular is about like it's not trauma and and a, her shitty childhood and getting revenge on bad Wait, family what? members. Seriously? Yes. Oh my god! What? She's been genetically engineered by her abusive father to have the perfect ass, and now she's out for revenge. It's it's more complicated than that, of course. But yeah, daddy elusive That's man won't terrible, let me wear man. what I want. That's yeah, so terrible. Awful. I wonder how how silly EDI is gonna look in Mass Effect Three. I I think there's some some screenshots from some certain angles where you can tell that the artists uh, kind of bump mapped in a camel toe for her. Yep, Mass Effect is horny. Mass Effect is like some of the the most. There's nothing wrong with horny. There is when it's just one sided on purpose, sexualizing. Characters in yeah. conversations that don't need. I mean, sex sells, right? It's like, it's so, like, I don't know about you guys, but sex I feel sells. embarrassed, like, to say that I like video games or even make video games yeah. when something like that is just so obviously immature. It's like, people think you're 12 year olds and they keep saying you're a fucking 12 year old for these types of reasons. Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I definitely remember that embarrassment starting around October 2014, but, uh, I think it's always been present, but yeah. It's always been present, but that was definitely a catalyst in terms of it getting worse. Mm, possibly. And in reaching the present day implications that the gamer word carries with it. Gamer. 12-year-old gamer. So well. Uh, at least we got some silly Super Bowl commercials out of it. So next up, we got three stories of people in the video game industry allegedly copying the copyrighted works of other people in and out of the video game industry. First up, we're going to talk about patents. Warner Brothers has patented the Nemesis system from the Middle Earth Shadow of blank 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 games. The company has tried to do this a couple times in the past, but they have needed more specificity to uh, narrow down their claim and get it approved. They also have had it rejected because other games have had similar systems to this. But the language that the uh, patent office finally settled on was one that described this system as 
featuring procedurally generated NPCs that exist in a hierarchy and interact with and will remember the actions of players, have their appearance and behavior altered by players, and whose place in that hierarchy can change and affect the position of other NPCs in said hierarchy. Depending on how hard you want to think about it, that does describe some systems in some other games and some examples I'll bring up later. In layman's terms, that uh, is describing the nemesis system. If an enemy is going to kill your player, then uh, when you respawn and come back to the game, that enemy is going to get a promotion to a captain. They'll have some scars on them or some burns, depending on what sort of fight you guys were in. They'll have some weaknesses. They may be traumatized by what sort of uh, attacks you used, or they may be emboldened by it and better defending it next time. They uh, procedurally give these characters a personality and turn a grunt that kills you into a mini-boss, follows you around, and some cool drama happens. It was, you know, a beloved part of some games that otherwise, I think, had some some issues working through it. But everyone loved the Nemesis system. The Nemesis system is, is supposedly the best part of both those games. Definitely. So they've been trying to fill this patent out since 2015 and finally gotten it. I think it's important to note that since that has happened, uh, some Assassin's Creed games have come out. Assassin's Creed Odyssey had a mercenary system that uh, featured named mini-boss type characters following you around persistently. And I don't believe that it was as robust as the the Shadow of War system where these mini-bosses would have, like, procedurally player influenced weaknesses and, and scars and cosmetic appearances but it was like an attempt to capitalize on something that's already popular can they do this evidently this is some bullshit it's happened yeah it's a weird, couple times right? in the past and both of those those stories are usually not great stories the previous Examples I was going to give of um, other games that the system describes include stuff like Crusader Kings, a system featuring procedurally generated NPCs exist in a hierarchy and interact with and remember the actions of the players, have their appearance behavior altered by players, and his place in that hierarchy can change and affect the position of other NPCs in said hierarchy. That describes the everything you do in Crusader Kings. Everything you do in Crusader Kings is shaping characters into a player interacted mold uh it also describes a lot of the social gameplay going on in the sims uh... yeah that 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 question of disbelief over whether or not they can do this unfortunately the answer is yes the longer more complicated answer is what are they gonna do sue me if i make a system that sounds similar uh yeah, yeah. they they might sue you if you make a system similar but honestly i'm wondering what would happen if uh, Paradox Interactive or Electronic Arts sued them, oh, how those tables would turn. Because their patent language describes oh, already existing gameplay concepts. Yeah. No, this is a weird move, man. This is a weird move. So the implication is that if another video game developer wanted to make a game with a similar system, they would have to get in touch with the... Uh, the legal, the sales, sales? Who would you even get in touch with to get a license for a patent? Probably legal. You would have to get in touch with someone on the corporate level with the phone number and an email address not available to the public for a price that could be anywhere from hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars to get a license to make a similar system in your own game. What defines that? Like, what defines your ability to decide what... Oh, my God. So frustrating. There's no such thing as an original yeah. idea. And this is so very, very not specifically niche or anything. It's very broad strokes. 
game mechanic that has featured in some small parts. I guess it's just the whole, right? Like the whole of it. If you kill and then do they have to be orcs? <laughs> like, could it be <laughs> any character? Do they have to be specifically orcs or Urukai? I don't like this at all. This is a really bad precedent yeah. and not cool. I am all for people protecting their ideas. And, you know, even if another company came along and made another similar nemesis system, like, you know, the Middle Earth games are great. And they are, you know, everybody would be wanting another one from them, right? Ah, uh, this is not the way to go about protecting that kind of thing. Our world is built on, like, learning from the past. Like, imagine if Magic the Gathering was straight up was just, like, no more card game battle things. I would be yeah. surprised if someone in the upper crusts of the Magic the Gathering parent corporation, whatever it is, has not tried this stuff. Like, this is the economic rationale of, of capitalism in action. Well, I don't know. Wizard, Wizards owned pretty much, like, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! at one point, right? Uh, maybe not Yu-Gi-Oh!, but they pretty much owned all the other card games, so it didn't really matter. But it's just such bad precedent. We've we've suffered from this before. The most infamous example I think most people would know are loading screen minigames, which finally had their patent expire in 2015, the year Splatoon had a loading screen minigame, and people were so amazed to finally have something like that again. One of the th great ironies of, of our world compared to our economic model is that loading screens themselves are almost obsolete with the with the next gen of consoles and their solid state drives. Loading screens have become technologically obsolete in the time it took for Bando Namkai to sit on this patent and only use it for like six games. Like the medium itself became technologically obsolete before the creative idea could even be capitalized on in a fair competitive way across the whole industry. Another example is the arrow above your car in Crazy Taxi that uh, points to your customer's destination. Oh, yeah. The Simpsons Hit and Run got sued over that. It did. Or was it Hit and Run or was it the previous driving game they made before that? It might be the Simpsons Road Rage. Oh, okay. There was some 20-year-old Simpsons game got hit by a lawsuit by this. There was some drama going on between a company called Illusion Interactive and Sony around the time the PlayStation 3 launched. If you guys will remember way back, the original iteration of the six-axis controller did not have its vibration features in it. The official line from Sony was that they weren't able to cram the technology in with the motion sensors in the same uh, plastic shell. But a company called Illusion was saying, wait a second, we make this technology and we know how we could get it in there if Sony would talk to us. Sparked some rumors over a lawsuit regarding whether or not Sony was trying to infringe on their technology, not pay their patent, and put their own vibrating motors in the controller. Another example, oh, this fucking, oh, this one makes me so mad. I've been using an Xbox 360 controller with a shitty gamepad for the past decade. I have not bought another Xbox controller because I technically have never needed one. But oh my god, the D-pad on those things are awful. And do you guys fucking know why? They're awful. Because of some patent. Yeah, Nintendo patented the cross-shaped D-pad. Every other game console up until like 2005 had to have some different shape on their D-pad. Some stupid shape that your thumb gets caught in. See, but I do understand that to a point. I do understand that more. It's a singular, very specific thing, right? It is not this broad stroke controller as a whole. 
It is a specific thing that, that you know, that makes your console stand out, all right? I don't think this applies to the Nemesis system in its entire complete workings and all of the different elements that make up the Nemesis system. And I'm not sure that ultimately is something that you can just be so like, oh, I own this. Nobody can do this. Whereas with the D-pad, even though it's shitty, right? Of course it's shitty, but I understand that it's a single thing that makes that controller better. I don't know. It, it's more tangible, shitty, but it's at more least ta- yeah, software patents. Way more tangible. Someone out there has to know the answer to this question, but for some reason I feel like the right kind of people aren't asking it. And that is, why is this stuff not already protected by copywriting the source code, which gets automatic copyright protection as soon as it's made? Source code is automatically protected once once you make something. And uh, Source code is not an, I- an idea. It's not? So the Nemesis system is in that source code somewhere, but why would it be different from a patent? But I think this is a patent on the design mechanics, right? Like you can patent blueprints without actually building the machine, right? Right. And that's actually a big, huge issue and has created an industry of patent trolls that don't do actual work. So then I think this is similar to something like that, right? This pattern is for the Nemesis system, not necessarily the code that made the Nemesis system. I imagine it's the specific design. The pattern covers a system featuring procedurally generated NPCs that exist in a hierarchy and interact with and will remember the actions of the players, etc., etc., right? I think it's the system itself, not the actual uh, the source code of it. If you see a video game idea that you want to iterate on, but you're worried you can remake the idea so long as the code is different you're supposed to be in the clear right yeah well uh, well yeah but this was the the point of contention with the john carmack oculus lawsuit was he was like no i made my own code for for oculus Uh, it wasn't the same code as the stuff i was doing for bethesda so that should put me in the clear that was the john carmack defense yeah well this yeah obviously is going to apply way more than that it's you know if it looks like it on paper, they're going to come after you, it seems like. Fuck. Yeah. It's not, it's not cool. So, meanwhile... Not cool. Valve lost a patent lawsuit about a week before this news broke. Aye, aye, aye. How much news is that? Jesus. This is one case where, where there might be like a little more of a valid case on the patent holder. So, Valve has lost a $4 million lawsuit against a company called Ironberg Inventions, who were underneath the Corsair Gaming umbrella. They have occasionally sold accessibility controllers for disabled gamers in the past, and apparently they held the patent for having buttons on the back of a controller. That's something that had a patent for it, and uh, oh, that was theirs. How many controllers have done that, though? Like, scuff controllers and... Lots of controllers have done that now, right? Scuff being the major one I think of. Are they attachable and detachable? No, Scuff, that name rings a bell. That might actually... Scuff Gaming Corsair. That is the company. That is oh, the company. Okay, Scuff right. Gaming, yeah. This, the, they're partnered with um, Ironberg Inventions, who's partnered with Corsair Gaming. Uh-huh. And that's actually a, an important point of the story I wanted to mention, was that that's how you know this isn't a patent troll that's not actually not doing work, is that they did make these products they have sold them they are partnered with the big hardware manufacturer that has sold i'm sure we have bought a corsair gaming piece of product at some point in our lifetimes so the plaintiff in this case is not just a patent troll sitting on it they're they're actually 
making this stuff. The patent um, form has the little blueprint diagram with the controller, and it looks exactly like how the uh, Steam controller implemented its rear paddle buttons. I mean, on the Steam controller, they're like a little bigger and chunkier, but otherwise the design looks just like what they had on their patent from years ago. And also, the competition has been licensing this company to use back paddle buttons. Oh, like the Microsoft Xbox Elite controller and stuff. Microsoft ah. have reached out to to Scuff Gaming or Ironberg or Corsair to... <laughs> to... Can you imagine Microsoft sending an email? Dear Mr. Scuff. <laughs> Hello there, Scuff Gaming. Something like that had to have happened. Because wow. uh, they did get the license from the patent holder for their rear paddle buttons. And they also are making the claim that they were personally warned during the 2014 Consumer Electronics Show that their controller looked like a patent they had filed in 2011. Man. But yeah. Valve currently is holding a patent for, for another controller design that's fueling some speculation that they're not going to give up on the Steam controller. And this one has a different design for its back buttons. They're calling it a uh, back shell with pressure-sensitive resistors on the form now is what they're saying. That's crazy, right? That, that you can hold a patent for these abstract, weird, non-concrete things like the locations of a button or... Or how a certain game mechanic plays out. Bear with me, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna file a trademark copyright for golf roguelikes. Oh I mean, God. at this point, you have to to make sure your family gets fed, right? I know, right? I need bread. It's I economically need... rational, and that's what they teach you to do in business school. <laughs> I need to get that bread. I can't have other people stealing my golf roguelike bread? idea. You'll you'll fail your your class and not get an MBA if you if you be sympathetic in your answers on the test. I can make it into the MBA. Wait, what? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to just patent. Are, are you magically like seven feet tall? Yeah, I'm, six, pretty I'm tall. six foot. I'm six foot yeah. one. So I'm I'm all right. Okay. I, I remember being pretty impressed. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> Whoa. 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 George, was that a give or a take blow? Hey. I'm not sure. Uh, I, to to blow blow back to Valve a little bit. Oh, uh, God. They, they were fined five million for this. Four million, you said. Four million. They lost four million. <laughs> Which to like you know, Gabe is like, eh. That's a Grubhub. That's what he spent like partying in New Zealand. I do like that he's just you know he happened to be in New Zealand when Corona kicked off. Couldn't really leave because of Corona. And now he's just like, hey, this place is pretty great. I think I'm just going to stay here. Respect. How do they find Valve only $4 million when Microsoft has surely paid more than $4 million to this company for, for their pro controllers? Maybe because that is the, thing, the key, right? Maybe the license just isn't that expensive. So they're paying, what, damages and license fee... I really wonder. I am not a lawyer. I am in the NBA. How would I know? $4 million does not sound like a lot by when we're talking about Valve. How many controllers would you have to sell, though, to make $4 million? It really just pisses me off that if you have a big budget to spend, you can get away with this shit fine. Like, I, I, I wonder what sort of rules I would start breaking if I had tens of millions. Yeah, but weren't we just criticizing the patent system anyway? So right, both right. are essentially just evil. And I got the first traffic ticket in my life 
last year. Did you blame the patent of tickets? No, no, no I was <laughs> of traffic I was, offices. The patent of the police. I was driving through a small town in in the middle of nowhere, Georgia, and and the fine that they charged me was inconsequential, and it made me really really scared because it was just just. Oh, you mean as in that you would carry on speeding? If I had more money, if yeah, I I don't see how the fine I was charged would have been an issue to anyone who, who... It's, it's so funny yeah because i remember very clearly getting fined once for speeding a little bit in a japanese city and i got fined 200 dollars. and at that time that 200 dollars meant a heck of a lot of money to me so i was really upset this was less than 200 dollars. Oh, i did it over the phone by credit card like it was nothing while driving <laughs> 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 while speeding i'm i'm wondering like like if i if i had money to throw around what's stopping you if if the penalty for breaking a rule is a fine then it's only a penalty for poor people yes yes it is activision blizzard is being sued for plagiarism oh god why now yeah this is this is another story about about ideas in the free marketplace of ideas being restricted by the the rules and regulations in the marketplace of ideas. So a man named Clayton Hogan, who is a script writer and producer and photographer and videographer, someone who has worked on big budget movies starring Bruce Willis, was in his earlier years working on a smaller budgeted Kickstarter movie called November Renaissance. It was to be a techno sci-fi thriller starring a character named Cade Janus that he... Uh, <laughs> Caged anus. Oh my god. He hired a Instagram model Twitch streamer named um, Alex Zedra to portray this character in some promotional images. A couple years later, he finds out that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019, the reboot, has a character that is awfully similar to the one he came up with. Um, after digging through the game files, he found a picture they were using that turned out to be of his project instead. If you look through the official news stories of this, they, they do the case a little bit of a disservice. Because in the guy's suit, you can see some screenshot comparisons of the Modern Warfare character and his character, and they both kind of sort of look like they're filling the same generic archetype of, like, hot, grimy girl with a big gun, like like Laura Croft 2013 type. <laughs> Her hair is parted the same way, though. And if you actually scroll through the, the case files that they'll link in these news articles you'll find better pictures in which they look exactly like what uh what the guy is alleging yeah. there there are some photos that the game files had hidden deep inside that are kind of photoshopped and altered versions of of his work and that's where where the case really looks like it has more legs to stand on one thing that complicates that though is that the file in question is is not accessible to to players would you call that source code i don't know it's weird because isn't it isn't it just reference material or is it just straight up copying it may be but it's still shipped out in, in the product they're launching and i'm sure that's the case that the lawyers will make maybe i don't know i'm not a lawyer we play in the nba <laughs> another factor is that they use the same model a alex zedra 
Mm. was being hired by Activision Blizzard when making this character as well. So there's... And the same makeup artist. There's allegations in the suit that when they when Activision was hiring her, the uh, costume designers and makeup artists were actually saying to get Hagen to lend the same clothing and props they were using for the November Renaissance project. Yeah, it sounds like reference material gone wrong. I don't know. Sounds like like these games are kind of made in a hurry by people who don't care that much. I'm not going to lie. Like, I usually think people are just trying to get a quick buck, and that could be what he's doing, but he has a strong case. I'm not going to lie. They look they look kind of the same. I, I, I don't know if this character is really, you know, the pinnacle of originality in her visual design, but but if he found a JPEG... Yeah. In the Modern Warfare 2019 files that looks like something he made instead of them, he might have a case. Yeah, very possible. There's a rabbit hole to go down around the the circle and the shtick of, of Alex Zedra 2 that, uh... Why that? Why now? Because apparently there's a subculture of people who are really into skinny, fair-skinned, dark-haired women holding big guns covered in grime. And and it has something to do with with politics and and Trump and and she's shown up in some places that that aren't great, but that's not technically related to the case. Oh no! Just just like like libertarian opportunism may be running through this crowd more so than most others. I'll put it mm-hmm. that way. That's the end of the serious news. <laughs> <laughs> Matt didn't kill himself. He he hung on in there. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Yeah, hell yeah, let's move on to questions. <laughs> I'm falling asleep here. So yeah, no, let's not let's not give Thomas Mahler the time of day. I mean, maybe someone may be out there. The anger may have been misplaced, but there's there may be a point buried deep in the message. But it it it's it's a bitter rant. Let's move on. But also, don't pre-order games, guys. <laughs> I mean. Pre-order only pre-order Cyberpunk. <laughs> no, just just don't only pre-order Ori in the Blind Forest, of course. These products it... are not no. making your life that much better, I swear, guys. <laughs> they, they they are not. They, and and I will agree with George. They just are three not. dudes who do a games podcast about them every week. <laughs> you know, we participate yeah, yeah, in society yeah. <laughs> unless we criticize them. Yeah, no, right? Go the contradiction. Well, but no, that would yeah. mean we have expertise and experience on the matter, right? Like we've we've gotten so. Are we not supposed to be that? Aren't we supposed to be? I don't think so. Because cause we we can promote a message of more responsible spending that can get away from the hype culture, that can maybe not demonize developers who have put up with some real bullshit of their own at the same time. Uh, I'm going to stop you there, considering my livelihood depends on whether people do or don't to do that. So I'm, go- I'm, I'm yes, biased. Yes, please splurge <laughs> on Liam's game. Just pre-order game. Please my games, on that and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, just pre-order I mean, Liam's I, look, game. Look, I'll if- be <laughs> like, Thomas, I'll be. George is having an attack. Look, Xbox Pass, you know, Game uh, Pass, this, it's free. This is what I come to the podcast. Older my game, pre-order my games. It's my livelihood. It's other people's livelihoods. If you care about Liam's livelihood, then maybe pre-order his game only. But I wouldn't say that. Oh my god, he couldn't even say it. <laughs> he couldn't even say it. No. 
Then maybe. Then maybe. Do you even want to entertain the possibilities of what might happen? Because I know it would scare you as, like... That people pre-order games? No, I'm, I'm talking about the very serious and very unprofessional conflict of interest that people have been fired for before and then doxxed for before. People are going to pre-order games regardless if we say anything or not. We could say, we could sit here and say whatever. What, what, what if your game turns out to not look like the trailers? Then I would still hope that you, as my dearling friend, oh my God. would promote it regardless. Oh, that <laughs> sucks so much. Let's move on to listener questions. George, I retweet your videos knowing whether or not they're bad or good. That's just part of the Ooh, part of the graft of being we're a friend. serious now. Hold on, let me get the popcorn real quick. Yeah, but no one pays money for those. Yes, some people do. Advertisers pay money for the videos. Advertisers pay for ad space next to the videos. No one has charged admissions or fees to watch my YouTube videos. The Patreon stuff pays for this podcast and the fan interaction stuff. People do pay the money. They for pay the money videos. for the Patreon. Stop making videos, then, they, George. They pay money for the Patreon. <laughs> That's <laughs> stop making videos. <laughs> no, no. What so what do what do users pay for uh, the Patreon? A fifteen dollar AMA hangout session. <laughs> Access to our listener Discord where you can ask us questions that we'll answer on the podcast. Are you talking about the Super Bunny Super Bunny Hop server? Are you talking about Super Bunny Hop? If you if you sign What's up that? for the Dad and Sons Patreon, you'll get access oh, to the okay. Dad and Sons Patreon. We're good. It's good. Join us. I'll be damned. Man, that situation is not comparable. Anyways, um, listener questions. Pre-order our Patreon today. Send questions into. You also don't pre-order like there. You at least get uh... pre-order next week's podcast. <laughs> next week, pre-order next month's AMA. Sorry, George. <laughs> Please go ahead. But the pre-order is the full price. <laughs> buys so many rations. CVS emergency clinic visits. (laughs) Yes, because that's how life should be measured. That misery that Americans have to suffer through. And that's if you have insurance. (laughs) In a system where you need to pay money for healthcare and food and housing, why the hell is the customer never going to pick the cheaper product over the beggar product? Oh, I mean, it, that all yeah, depends. depends on what you're it talking about. Depends on what you're buying. You want a cheap ass blaster? I I enjoy cheap my ass cheap blaster? ass blaster. I did go low end on the ass blaster, it, and I do not regret it. I went high end on the Valve Index, and I fucking regret that. That thing broke again this week. That is the worst thousand dollars. That is the worst money I've ever spent in my life, and that really pisses me off because the Steam controller is great, and the, the Steam Link is great, <laughs> oh, no. but the Steam Valve Index is like oh a thousand dollars luxury high end VR. But apparently, it's just thrown together with glue and duct tape. I love it. Fill up our box, guys. Fill up our box with questions so I don't rant about how much bullshit the more money buys you, the more you spend on it. And how much better shit you get when you don't. Ultimately, you all know George hates capitalism. Period. Dude, the Valve Index has to be, like, proof. It has to be solid fucking proof. This is one of George Rants. You just have to sit back and I love listen. it. It's so good. We're just out there. Like the rail is not I can't even see where the rail is anymore for the train. We're just this has, so far off in this train wreck. It's amazing. The the Soviet Union may never have been able to invent VR, but the fact that you can buy way better VR headsets for way cheaper than the expensive premium luxury one should be proof enough that like 
the shit they teach you in elementary school, at least about capitalism, isn't true. You don't really get what you pay for all the time. That's true. Um, unless you go to McDonald's. Pre-order my patent golf <laughs> roguelike. George, do we have any questions? We have some questions, but now I'm just sad. If you'd like to send us questions, send them into dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. We're running low on questions and we need to fill up our box. Our box is getting empty, guys. We want to fill up our box. <laughs> Please fill up our box. Our first our first question from our box is uh, from Alien P. Our, our first dose is of Alien P, and Alien P says... Hi, Dad and Sons. When I lost my job at the start of the pandemic, I decided to use the time I had and the frustration I was feeling to finally write an in-depth critique of a game I cannot stand. While I am extremely proud of the final video and the reception online has been positive, dissecting a product I had no love for over several months was a grueling experience. As a result, I made the vow that the next analytical piece I would write would be about something I love. Yet I'm finding it far more difficult to structure my thoughts coherently without gushing incessantly when I love the subject matter compared to when I hate it. Do you feel similar difficulties when writing about things you love versus things you dislike? If so, how do you overcome the roadblocks and manage to organize your thoughts in a way that still feels purposeful? Gush. Uh, yeah, gush. Uh, yeah. But, but rewrite. Rewrite your gushing. I think, I think that's the problem, right? If you go in on an all-out attack without being balanced then you can't do the same with mm. something you love. You can't just go in all on attacking something because you don't like it and not seeing an overall balance. Then to look at what's maybe good yeah. about it, if, if you are then not going to do the same with something you love and go in all in mm. on why you love it and then talk about the negatives. Just gush, I guess. Yeah. I, I think this has actually become a pretty well-known problem for like over, over the past decade of so many people making their own reviewing businesses since the internet has allowed for that. I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Something, sorry, this is completely tangential, but should we start a business? So I signed up for something called The Athletic. It's an app that requires a monthly subscription, but it has, like, the best writers on, like, certain sports, like soccer and, and stuff like that, right? And they do daily updates and they write about the weekend stuff. But it's like proper, intelligent, fantastic writing. And I thought, does anything for games exist or could it ever exist where there was like a, an app that you paid a subscription for and you got like some of the best writers about video games in the industry just behind that paywall? And you know, because of that paywall, as we've maybe seen in our own experiments with Patreon and stuff like that, that you tend to cut out the rabble. And is games a mature enough space to have something like that? Magazines? Online paid magazines do exist. There's Unwinnable, Kill Screen. Yeah, but these pieces are, are written about like current events in that industry, right? So for example, we've just done like 8,000 news stories, right? That have happened in the last oh week. Oh my some God, them, we did five. Some of them that are very poignant on what's happening, like patents and stuff like that. Imagine if you had some of the best writers in the industry writing a piece about that within a day or a day and a half. And magazines ultimately are not really going to cover that kind of content because you're never going to sell magazines with that kind of content on a per monthly basis. I mean, this is tangential to the question, but yes, imagine if you were paying essentially for something that had people like 
Jason Schreier on more frequent basis and you didn't have to go to Bloomberg and you don't want to subscribe to Bloomberg because why would you? Bloomberg, that's a, I feel like what you're describing is is a paywall that does exist on sites like Bloomberg. Bloomberg, I'm I'm gonna throw in with an example next. Yeah, to but you you but you're paying for something specific. You're, you're paying for an app that's about intelligent games writing with people who are very good at writing about games, talking about current events as they happen throughout the week, right? Like you could get a, a lawyer in to talk about the patents and and you know that kind of thing. I feel like if you if you posted something like that on Kotaku and stuff like that, the one the reaction you get from the general public always pretty heated, and is more hassle than it's worth. Secondly, I don't know, you know, you have to commission these things takes time, but if you had that model, it seems to work with them. They're really popular now, the Athletic. But yeah, I was just wondering, like, is the games industry mature enough to have something like that? I don't know if I'm really visualizing the model in question, because it does sound like you you would want a paywall to support quality journalism, and that does exist for subscription magazines. I'm not talking about paying Bloomberg just for gaming content. You're paying for Bloomberg the entire website, which is the this massive thing that's going to have articles that cover stuff you don't give a shit about. I'm talking about something specific that when you open it, you know will have you know, a, a a new feed every day of like intelligent writing. I, I keep saying intelligent, but you know what I mean? Like more critical thinking, writing about stuff like, you know, cyberpunk's hack or not that there isn't news sto- stories about that, but it always, always seems to be a similar copy and paste job across most that just report the news instead of like an analysis of mm-hmm. what exactly could be in the hack. Or like, if you're looking at the patents, getting somebody in to talk about the more intricate details of the law issue, you know, Journalists get paid not that much in the games industry and also are expected to write about pretty much everything. So, you know, they're not going to be lawyers. I'm just wondering. The other side to that coin I was going to throw out is that the online paid magazine subscription model does not tend to be very popular. And nobody... Yeah, but this is an app subscription, right? And we've seen that subscription models... Oh, that makes it so different. Yeah, I think it does. I think we've seen that subscription models make a huge difference when they're uh, app-based or they're reoccurring subscriptions. I'm not talking about magazines, physical things being delivered to your door that are slow behind the times. I don't know. It's just a thought based on this sports app, which does the same thing another aspect to that idea is that when this does happen and jason schreier makes a big exclusive scoop that you're supposed to pay the five dollar bloomberg fee for what actually happens is someone will just copy paste it put in the comments and you read it there for free but that doesn't Mm. seem to happen for i mean the news would get reported right but you're not paying for the news breaking you're paying for the content right the 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 breakdown the deep analysis of it um, you know, when Jason writes his books about the in-betweens of what happens in the studios, right? His The contents of his book don't get copied and pasted online. Yeah, I know, piracy. But, you know, they don't get copied and pasted on Twitter and somebody just verbatim copies him. That's what I'm talking about. Like, the news gets reported out of the article, maybe. But the actual f- content, the interesting part of it that goes into deep analysis about it would be there on the app. Seems to work for them. I just wondered, you know, today, hmm, why has nobody done that are we not in a mature enough space yet i don't think we are because i remember unwinnable doing some kickstarter campaigns for paid models that didn't pan out i mean it's not it was not on an app it wasn't the same thing they're always magazines though right they're always magazines it seems to always be magazines like always the games industry do what is a magazine but an app in paper form that is a month (laughs) behind (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. That's not well, current whatsoever. <laughs> the other aspect to this idea is how the hell did we get here from from a letter about writing positive reviews versus negative reviews from Because we were talking about writing about video games. That's why. Oh, okay. Damn. Damn. Yeah, okay. Um okay, Alien P. Alien P. Back to Alien P. Damn. Just gush, dude. And then make an app. Alien P, I think, is is bringing to light an issue that a lot of people have discovered in the past decade, and that is that writing a negative review is inherently easier than writing a positive review, because as you review the thing, you write down your list of notes. And if you're enjoying the thing, you're probably not thinking about writing down your list of notes because you're not going to get distracted by the thing. You're immersed in the thing. You're invested in the thing. Your mind is not actively thinking about criticizing the thing like it is when you're not enjoying it and you're distracted and writing your notes. Why is everything on YouTube so negative? Because it's easier. It's easier to make money off of negativity. It's easier to write negativity. Negativity is just the easier way out. Yeah. It is. That's why it's all over the place. Be the change you want to see. Be better. Yeah. Be positive. Write about that game. Gush about it. Get people inspired and happy about it. You know, it did kind of strike me a little weird that uh, in, his, in his rant, the, uh, the Thomas Mahler guy linked to an angry YouTube rant instead of a more mature and professional discussion of, of CDPR's issues. Yeah, um, writing about a positive review is inherently harder. And I have a like form that I would fill out sometimes back in the day where I would like list decisions the game makes me do and whether or not it relates to the game's aesthetics and the themes and the other decisions the game is making you do. It would really help me narrow things down. Um, I got that from reading a book by Eric Zimmerman on game design. I would encourage you to read books about game design more than writing and make a worksheet to, uh, to keep track of what sort of things you want to gush about so that it's technically informed instead of, uh, fan gushing. That, at least in my experience, is what, what helped differentiate my stuff from, from the others out there, I think. Just gush. But but gush good. Yeah. Like people people like gushing. That is true. But people will like hate watch negativity in much greater numbers. But you will get love if you if you post gush. People generally have positive reactions to gush, I have found. If you have negative reaction if you post a negative review, sometimes they'll go back and forth. But if you post a positive review, even the comments that don't disagree with you will still be like, wow, I love it when George is clearly having fun. Just <laughs> wanted you to be happy. Oh, Thanatos from Discord got in a Twitter kerfuffle, which just means that Twitter was working right as intended. God, I hate that website. A recent Twitter kerfuffle got me wondering, are gotcha mechanics for monetization in games always inherently predatory? Or might there be a way to make them more ethical or consumer friendly? Uh, Follow-up question. Do the same ethical problems apply to collectible trading card games, whether analog or digital? So I don't think I've ever really gotten suckered into gotcha mechanics. And I think in order to tackle this question, we should actually define what that word means. For someone who's never bought money on this shit, even though I'm, I'm, I know they're sometimes attached to pretty good games, but for someone who's never actually paid money for the shitty gotcha stuff, I don't think I really know that territory. So my brain imagines that the term comes from, from a Japanese pun, where it's like, aha, we gotcha. It's gotcha pun. And that inherently sounds like, like you're exploiting someone out of their hard-earned surgery money. I think it's only predatory when 
the odds are manipulated in the dev's favor. Like, how can you yeah. trust something to randomly generate something for you when it's coded <laughs> to do certain things? And there are percentage chances in which you can roll stuff. I think it's predatory when it's like that. Yeah, I do. Especially because we know how we can manipulate human brains to easily spend money in the hopes of hitting those numbers that you assign yourself. So I think it can be. But I also think uh, the dopamine hit like um, in games like Destiny and stuff like that, which are so modeled after casinos, it's unreal in loot based driven games to keep you playing. Uh, They're also pretty predatory in, in their game design. But one has inherently a lot more money spent on it than the other. I feel like CCGs or trading card games are a bit different because you can actually seek out physical versions of cards as singles. If you want them, yes, you might have to pay more than the price of a booster pack and stuff like that. In some cases, a lot more. But in gacha games, you can't just buy singular characters, right? The whole point is that you just keep rolling until you get the character or the item that you want. So, yes, I think it can be quite predatory. I mean, uh, they had a a system in Gacha Impact um, where you basically you get these like little things, little, little gems that you can use to buy the character you want, but it's always on a rotation. Mm. So you have these characters on a rotation that you'll, you can eventually like save up your, your little leftover gunk to buy um, from all the money you're spending trying to get that character. It's still kind of ridiculous though seeing people spend a shit ton of money because you, 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 you just, there's, there's no amount of luck that you can get to get all the characters, you know, for, for that to be okay. The percentage just probably would have to be high or you get a good amount of coin after you get, um, after you don't get what you want. Right. Yeah. I think that, and you can yeah. use that to buy. So, like, there's always, like, a cap of how much you spend to get the character you want. Like, the problem is with how games deal with duplicates as well, right? Like, how do you get... How do you essentially reward the player or keep the player going when they get duplicates of stuff they already have, right? Are, you, are they able to exchange at least for 50% of what they spent, you know, so they can keep going or at least aim towards getting something that they actually need or want in the game instead of just yeah. giving them duplicates of what they already have and then them spending 100% full price again on a new roll. It's it, Once you can manipulate the numbers on your side, like, you're always going to win. House wins, man. <laughs> it's the same with Gacha. Yeah. House wins. Genshin Impact made what, like 100 million in its first month? Like, how do you think it made 100 million? It's free. Oh, that's right. You're the product. Yeah. Is there is there any examples of, of a gacha system that's not predatory that you guys can think of? Ones that have the percentages of the roles tend to be better, and I think they kind of have to do that these days, but I don't know. Matt, would you say that, like, rolling for a new hunter in Hunt Showdown is a gacha mechanic? I've never done that. You're not you're not spending money, but you are spending time. Oh. Oh, I see what you're saying. Battlefield is, 2 style. You mean what you do every time. Like like right. it gives you something cool, but it's hard to play the odds to get what you want. Or you can spend time to unlock it manually. But that's gonna take hours. And I absolutely have gotten sucked down that hole to a unhealthy degree that was the problem with uh 
Battlefront 2, right? It came out and the, it just took so long to unlock heroes because they were forcing people to spend money on the microtransactions and the loot boxes that that game just tanked, right? And then they removed it all and now it has like, well, 18 million players or some shit. Everyone right? loves that game now. Yeah, people exactly, People right? talking about it in the Discord and making me jealous. Yeah. I like Star Wars. I like Pew Pew. Yeah, I never roll more than once, George, in Hunt. Like, I don't care. Like, the, uh, I just buy my guns for what I need for that person. I guess that's why I'm always, like, super rich. Um, with, like, I know, can't think of an example yeah, I, I like. I, I literally, I can't. I, my mind is blank. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of me experimenting with gotcha mechanics, and it's all just pain and misery. I've, I've never even yeah. gone with, like, the real microtransaction-driven game, but the ones I've played where it's free, you're still just, like, tapping into a casino dopamine cycle of losses, 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 losses. Oh, one great big win! Losses, 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 losses. Oh, my God, one big win! I need another. Loss, 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 loss. I mean, that is inherently yeah, like, game design. Oh. I, I spent so much money when I was young playing Maple Story <laughs> that that was the last time I did something so stupid. Because like the, these games are only temporary. They're only in your life for a little bit. And then you're done. I got to play Hunt Showdown now because the player base is going to go down with time. That game's going to have less and less players every other year. So I better cash in all my time with that one now while it's still active, right? Oh, it's such that it, oh, it's, it is gambler's fallacy. It is the sunken cost fallacy that they are so good at tapping into. And I, I don't know if that's a good thing, you guys. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, fucking well. Japan will continue to spend loads of money on them. Uh, Contrail from Discord says, How have your tastes in media changed over time? Were you disappointed revisiting something you used to love, or maybe were you pleasantly surprised by something you didn't expect to like? I always love the latter. I love being surprised by something I thought I didn't like. I love that. It happens a lot more as you get older as well. I think you it's just the same yeah. as anything. Taste change. You know, when Minecraft when Minecraft was first coming out, I was like vociferously angry about survival crafting open world type Minecraft survival-esque game loops and now it's it's something that I've quite grown accustomed to enjoying as like chill podcast game experiences. Do you remember Matt on TOVG? Like I I did not get podcast gaming. And now, yeah, now I do. Love it. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, you know, your taste just changes over time. And you'll be surprised when you go back. And you're like, oh, man. It's like, you know, when you, you're you younger and your parents listen to music or watch TV and you're like, how could anybody like that? And you get older and you're oh, like, oh, no. I get it. I get oh. it now. I think I grew to like stupid sandbox Minecraft survival loop games at the same rate I grew to no longer have the patience for JRPGs. Yeah, exactly. That's something I think about oh, all the time. I think about, you know, I much dirty. prefer shorter, tighter experiences than I would be playing a Final Fantasy game or, you know, a really long yeah. RPG, which when I was a kid, I, you, that would be my, that would be my wheelhouse. My, my music has changed the, the stuff i listen to has deepened i just find myself listening to all kinds yep. of things as yep. i get older going back to things i didn't listen to 
like realizing bands that yeah. were out at the time when you were like in college and stuff and you're like they suck and then you listen to them 10 years later and you're like oh damn damn, damn. like damn i was missing out yeah damn i was an idiot for only yeah. listening to metal damn but you're like in in such a in such a mode back then in, in a mind frame back then and you just don't even realize there is a moment how you can there, connect with this. There song. is like a moment you have to give yourself up, right? You have to stop being embarrassed like by mm-hmm. things and just be like, yeah. I like this. You know, like one day it'll just happen and you're like, I like what I like and I nobody gives a shit. And that's, this is what it is. And nobody who gives a cares. Fuck? Yeah. I like K pop. Who cares? Nobody, you know? Yeah. I like cooking. Who cares? I like reality TV, who right? Cares, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> Listening to some of the the corny shit or whatever like yeah. that. It's like, oh man, you know, like putting on like Toxic by Britney yeah. Spears and jamming to that like every once in a while, you know, like oh shit, yeah, like like while you're still developing your identity, that there's some kind of value in hashing out a specialization that makes you special. I think that's much more apparent when you're, you know, younger, right? You yeah. want to stand out and you yeah. want to be known as something. But as you get older, I feel like you just become a lot more comfortable with yourself, you, right? You give less fucks. You give less fucks, but you, you also give less become fucks. a little... I think, you know, maybe more some people more than others, but you just become comfortable in who you are. Not maybe necessarily yeah. your outward work or, or whatever, but you as a person, you're like, hey, I want to listen to Britney Spears while I'm cooking. Who gives a shit, right? Like. You know, yeah. who's going to judge you when you're in your own home? And yeah, tastes do change. And, you know, I think it keeps on changing as you get older, no matter what. I also think empathy might have something to do with it. As as you meet more people and go through more human experiences, maybe uh, Britney Spears won't seem like such an idiot after you realize what fame does to people. Well, that is the hot yeah. topic right now, isn't it? Yeah. Tastes yeah. change. Enjoy. Yeah. One day you like something, next day you don't. You'll have a good time. But that just means you're growing. Honestly, if your tastes aren't changing, then that that might be a bad sign. Yeah. Might, might be. be. So Miranda's ass shouldn't bother you. <laughs> just saying. Taste change, man. <laughs> I I I wonder who who Full had circle. that taste. I think I have to wonder that this hard. Apparently young guy developers Who's still <laughs> or old. Or old. We're old now. But the gamers, they don't change. Gamers. <laughs> Old white men. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's let him, let's have this angle. <laughs> it's like, dude, calm down, bro. Don't you got a wife? Wow. Yeah, but they grew up on 80s comic books where every woman's ass cleavage was lovingly rendered. <laughs> Liam in the background is like wrapping up for us. Jesus Christ! It's going off to the morning. We're talking about Mass Effect action. Come on. Well, that's that's as good a cue as any, right, guys? (laughs) Just fucking wrap it up. (laughs) We're done. We're out of here. We're out of here like Miranda's ass. Bye.